You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Alan Tate. He's one of the singers in Send for Men, a project that's made him tour the world countless times. As Send for Men prepped their writing for their next record, Alan found himself writing and recording his second solo record. That record is called In the Waves, and it's truly unlike anything Alan's ever made. Along with trying new things with his voice, he also found himself joyously playing more guitar and jamming within new surroundings, with new people, and just having a great time. Within this talk, we go into how this record came to be and how this project has evolved him as a musician. This is the 405 Exchange with Alan Tate. I saw you, you mentioned to me how you were working on a new record, and it's a bit of a random first question, but I'm curious, what does it feel like to say to someone, I'm working on a record, you're going to hear it someday? Uh, depends on the day. If you had a good day recording, it feels great. If you had a bad day recording, you're like, yeah, but it might not come out ever. So, uh, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe forget I said that. Uh, does yeah. it make it feel any more real, like being able to tell people? Because it's almost like, I don't say expectation, but it's kind of like people are going to be expecting it one way or another. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it makes it feel, it's definitely more real when you have something to send. Like, sending you the record, when I was starting to, like, send it around to friends, I was like, okay, here. Like, it exists. Yeah. Because other than that, it's like, it's a thing on your computer, you know? It doesn't really, like, exist in the world, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, it's. I feel like it's good to tell people in general. It feels good to have it moving. Yeah, um, so what's interesting about talking to you now under this circumstance is the fact that your first solo record was made under a very interesting set of experiences and there's yeah. probably people listening who don't even know about that so i would love you to just kind of go into how your first solo record came about yeah i went to copenhagen for a month uh and i thought i was gonna write the whole thing and i wrote like the first half of it there by myself uh and copenhagen's amazing amazing but i didn't know anybody there so i was totally by myself for like a month and didn't really talk to anybody other than mike Hamp from san Fermin came uh and happened to be playing a show there so i saw him and like his band for like three days yeah. uh but yeah other than that i was i was totally by myself so it was I think it came through on the record. It's very like sparse sounding. It's super sad, um, but yeah, yeah. This one was. Uh, I was around people, and I think it comes across too. No, it definitely does. It's a lot more exuberant, but in a way where it's like, like I get when I was listening to it because he sent it to me, and I like, lived with it for about like a good two or three weeks or so. Yeah. What was really cool is like what comes across on the tracks is that. I could tell when you woke up in the morning. Yeah. You probably felt happy knowing you were going to go to the studio. Yeah, totally. I mean, the recording process was awesome. Um, there were only like five or six of us who were involved, but John Agnello, who produced it, is hysterical, and he's just such a good dude. And like, honestly, above and beyond all the recording stuff he could do, he's an amazing engineer. But production-wise, he was just so like encouraging and kept it light and like, but kept us on schedule. And it was a good. As I like, uh, like I said, next week I'm um, producing my first record for somebody else. Um, and I keep thinking of John, like, okay, I gotta keep it fun, gotta keep it light, it's gotta feel good in here. Yeah. Like, atmosphere is so much of the studio. Like, if it's if it's bad, you're not gonna get good stuff. Yeah. Um, one yeah. of the, one of the big reasons why I asked you about uh, the first record, like the circumstances, and having you bring that up is because, I mean, I imagine in some ways it must surprise you a little bit finding yourself uh, writing, recording, or releasing a second solo album. Yeah, I mean, the first one was very much like, 
to see if I could do it. You know, I hadn't written music in such a long time that it was sort of like a, yeah, I'll try that, but also, like, if nothing happens, like, okay, cool. Uh, even the touring behind it, like, I think I played, like, nine shows total. I opened for Kyle Morton from Typhoon for, like, five shows, and I think I played, like, maybe four or five solo shows, and that was kind of it. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing was, like, just kind of tentative, uh, and this time was much more, like, focused. Uh, I knew what I wanted to sound like, recorded with a band, had the band in mind. Um, you know, I want to play as much as I can. I've already played... I've already played about half as many shows in the last two months as I did for the entire record, the last record. That's um, fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, and it's felt good. You know, it's it's nice to have a band and like feel yourself getting better and play a lot. You know, and that kind of thing. I wonder, like, because obviously, like, the progression of records, like when you make a new record, it is like a set of new experiences and new things that you're yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. But does it, in some way, also feel like an evolution from the first record? Like, was part of you wanting to do this? to kind of sh- prove to yourself that you could do something a bit different? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think looking back at the other one, I like, uh, because I ended up at the end of it being like, oh, I do kind of like this. I am glad I did that. Uh, it was hard not to feel like, man, I wish I uh, not had been more involved, but like, I wish I had leaned in on this a little more. Um, but I think the first needed to happen for the second to happen. But it's definitely, it definitely feels like a progression to me, even though the music sounds kind of different. Yeah. Um, it really does sound different. Yeah, that's yeah. like putting it out of mouth. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, does it feel good, being able to, Like the fact that you recognize that, does that feel good? Yeah, it definitely at least feels like uh, I aimed for that. And it's nothing. <laughs> it's like maybe these songs suck, but I wanted them to sound different, and they sound different. So like I at least did that, you know. Um, but no, I feel good about them in recording. Um, you know, we recorded live as a three piece. That was really cool. Because um, it's not really a thing we do for Sam for me, and it's not. The thing I did the first time, it's usually piece by piece, so to do that, there's a little bit more of a feeling of, when there aren't that many parts, of like, oh, that was the take. Like, we all felt that that was the good time through the song. That's good, and then you get to kind of layer over top of that, and that's nice. Yeah, and that definitely comes across. I am going to ask about that, but I just want to ask one more thing about the first record, because it sure. really does intrigue me about the fact that you got to experience that. Yeah. Like, we talk from time to time, and I see you a lot, usually with Sand for Men, but something that's interesting is that when I knew I was going to be talking to you about this, it made me realize there's so many things that I've wanted to ask you that I haven't had the chance to fucking ask you. Social security number, address, <laughs> well, mother's well, maiden name. Well, one of the biggest things in the context of the first album is not only did you release a f- up first solo album, but you also promoted it, played shows for it, released music videos. You did all that stuff yeah, that goes yeah. with it. What was that like? Like doing that in the context of your own name? Uh, it felt good. Uh, and I think I built confidence as I did it. Um, and that's sort of what spilled over. Like I wrote the first song I wrote on the second album. I wrote for the Kyle Morton tour because I didn't have enough stuff. Um, so it sort of felt like I hit my stride towards the end of doing that, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I do want to do this more in earnest." But you know, that was a really good growth. Um, you know, San Fermin's so big, and like it's Ellis's baby, um, and like uh, we've been on Interscope for the past however long, and Downtown before that. That like. Uh, you can kind of check in or check out as you want to of the process, but it's a big thing that's going to be moving with or without you. Yeah. Um, and the solo thing was much more like, oh, if I want this to like, if I want people to hear this, I have to make sure they go hear it. You know, if I want to make a music video, I have to like think about that and plan that. If I want to work with so and so, I have to like go do that. Um, and each time you kind of are forced to lean in, it's good and it makes it easier the next time. So uh, it was a good uh, period of growth for me, for sure. That's really crazy, and 
I mean, do you feel in some ways like experiencing that? Like once you experience that once, it almost leaves an imprint in your head that you could definitely do it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think maintaining confidence through like <laughs> the birth of any artistic venture is uh, important. I actually have a note, I don't know if you saw it above my desk in there, that no, is just, uh, it literally just says, it's gonna be a good record and it's above the computer. <laughs> Because it's like every now and then you just listen back to something and go, have I ever played music before? This is the worst shit ever. Like, what is this idea? <laughs> this is terrible. Um, so it's good to have that, you know, reminder of like, it's going to happen. This is, this is it. It's funny you bring that up because something that kind of blows me away about how records are made. And it's the type of thing I feel like you don't get a window in until you start like talking to musicians and like getting around them. Is that like, I think so many people consider the fact that you utilize the studio as an environment and you make music in there. Yeah. But what's crazy is that considering like how day-to-day -day life is and just logistics, there's so many times where you'll take what you did in the studio and bring it here to your apartment or be on the subway or be at, yeah. like, at a cafe re-listening to it. Totally. Isn't that like torture? Uh, in, in the context that you were just in a studio laboring over it and then it's like, you're almost like, it's like you can't stop staring at it in a way. Yeah, I mean, you definitely go through the process of like listening to everything until you hate it, right? <laughs> like, there's a point when you've listened to your song so much that you only hear the mistakes, including ones that you've totally made up in your head. Like, a song that is mastered, right, and done, and you'll listen to it one time in the wrong mood, and you'll be like, did I sing that note fine? <laughs> like, is this thing that has been the exact same the other million times I've listened to it, and it's all of a sudden like, is that, is that the guitar part? That's not how that goes. I think we, oh no, we made a mistake. And it's, of course not. It's just God, like what you being is that like? Um, You know, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, a thing, it's a thing you learn to live with. I think listening to the demos and seeing it grow in like days after the studio, it's good to be excited about it, but it's also good to remember. And I, I can't remember if this is a Johnism or if just um, something else that I've talked about a lot, but like um, whenever you're listening to a demo or anything that's not done, it's always the worst that's ever going to sound. It will only ever sound better from there. And if you can keep that in mind, then you don't hate the demos that much. You can kind of be like, okay, this is going to get better. Is the idea here? Is the like heart of the song here? Yeah. Um, that's really interesting POV to have. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of the like buoys you cling to as you <laughs> like float along trying to make your, uh, your piece of art. So. I'm going to ask you about some spe uh, specific songs now. Uh, mm -hmm. But before I do, I really do have to point out, and it was interesting because uh, you emailed me about the album, and this was in the email, but then I realized this while also listening to it, so it was yeah. almost like a weird type of like, uh, it felt kind of serendipitous in a way. Sure. Um, but this is a rock album. Like yeah, you made totally. Like a straightforward rock <laughs> there's, album. There's like guitars and stuff. Yeah, well, like, I wonder though, did, was that the intent? Like, did you set out for the record to sound like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, um, I taught myself how to play guitar. I play guitar and bass. That's what I write on. Um, but I'd always been a little self-conscious about my playing. So I was kind of like, oh, I should write this on guitar and then like hide it, um, you know, get the guitar out. Um, but between the last two records, I've uh, just been practicing a lot and trying to like become a better guitar player and be like, I love this instrument. If I could use it better, I would really open that up to myself. Yeah. Um, and when I toured with Kyle, I played solo guitar and I was like, okay, I'm not quite where I want to be. Oh uh, yeah. You felt it on stage or did, would it be after a show? Uh, yeah, on stage it was just sort of like, oh, I'm a little limited. Like, um, if I was better, I could perform better. Um, and, you know, I started paying more attention to things like tone and pedals and amplifiers and, like, how things get recorded and that kind of stuff. And luckily I have a lot of good resources and <coughs> just between friends. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a thing I focused on. So then once I was ready to make the record, I was like, okay, 
like I'm gonna put these out front so they have to be good. Like I want guitar sounds in here that make you make that stink face. You know what I mean? Like I was yeah. like, I want the fuzz to come in and people just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, because uh, that's what I liked in other records. Um, you know, whether it's like Interpol guitars or anything like that, it's just there's certain guitar sounds where like they light your brain up the right way. Um, and I was like, that's that's a thing that's important to me. I love that you brought up Interpol because that was like one of my favorite things about the last record they released, El Pintor. That is yeah. an amazing guitar album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, their stuff always like they play dark guitars. Um, guitar sounds as things go usually, um, or just like on the spectrum. Um, and I've always really dug that. It's just like, you know, dark and crunchy, but like has edges and it's, it's really nice. You know, a lot of good like harmonics to it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I was trying to think of the best way to bring this up. Cause I'm almost curious how you're gonna to react to it. But when I was listening- You hate to the record. No, I, I enjoy it. Well, it's actually, that's the funny part. I enjoy it, but it's something that leapt out of me within my enjoyment. And it was particularly with uh, the first track, uh, When Did I Get Like This? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of like, it feels like a college rock song. Okay. Like the vibe of it. Yeah, yeah. Is that a weird thing to point out or like? No, I mean, I think that's like, a lot of the references were stuff that I was listening to in like high school or college, but just feels kind of, I think when things have fewer parts in them, they have to be really immediate. Yeah. Uh, so that was another sort of thing. I was like, I don't want to put more than five tracks or five instruments on any of these songs. Like, I want to do it with what I have, like cook with uh, a few good ingredients um, rather than trying to, you know, I'm not an arranger. Uh, I have thoughts about harmonies and stuff, but I'm not going to like be able to put in string parts and horn parts and do all kinds of stuff and orchestration. So let me just do what I can do and do it really well. Um, but I think that, yeah, it adds to that like band feel you know it's yeah. uh what you see is what you get it's right there you know no um, that's very true yeah. and i would love to hear you talk more about that first track like how did that one come about it's the last track i wrote is it really yeah it's funny how that always ends up being the case with the first track on album that's like a yeah. really funny weird thing yeah it's the last track i wrote and it really felt like um it was sort of like uh realizing you're getting older but also just being like hey i freak out sometimes but like I feel like I used to not, and if I think about it, maybe I used to, you know, maybe I used to forget about tests or uh, being nervous about going to college or whatever, but somehow at that point I'm like, shouldn't I be an adult? Like, <laughs> when did I get like this? When did I get old? When did I get neurotic? When did I get... We're literally just talking about this before the recording yeah. too, but almost in one of those ways where it's like, it was one of those conversations where you don't realize it even started and you're just in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, when did I get lame? When did I not, <laughs> you know, when did I not have the energy for parties, for uh, drinking, for whatever? Um, you know, uh, I feel like as you get older, a lot of, I myself was going through it and then also my friends, just, you know, more and more often that's a thought you have. You know, you just kind of look up and go, weird. Like, I, I wasn't like this, but I'm definitely like this now. Yeah. Um, and sort of having, uh, it's a little tongue in cheek, but it's also just kind of, you know, uh, as you go through it, I think a, a theme on the whole record is like, as you go through a thing, it's important to be aware of it at the same time. Um, and that was sort of me being like, okay, uh, I've written a ha most of a record about like, you know, uh, doubting yourself or world doubt or all that kind of thing. I didn't used to have these. I used to just be kind of like along for the ride and been like, everything's gonna be fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Like, um, so yeah, uh, that's just sort of uh, an appreciation of that moment and being like, okay, weird, but like, yeah. Yeah, and what was it like, uh, like would you say 
that song had various like iterations of it or was it just kind of like what you ended up recording is what you kind of wrote for it that one came out really quickly there's actually an acoustic version of it that we did too um that's not i don't think it was in the link i sent you um but yeah that one i was like okay i need one more and it just kind of all came out at once uh and certain times with like lyrics and parts um when it's intuitive it just feels like one thing comes for the next and i just kind of hear the next part and i'm like okay here's that uh, and then I did it, and then I like sent the demo to Tom, and I was like, what, what, what did I do? Is this good? And he was like, oh, this is great. And I was like, okay, good. I'm done with it. <laughs> like, I don't want any more. It was fine. That's fucking um, amazing. Yeah. And then we got in the studio, and then, you know, just got to layer fuzzy guitars over top of it, which is always, that's an easy part. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. Louder. Cool. <laughs> Sweet. Louder. Yeah. All right. Cool. This yeah. is a bit of an aside, and I'm going to definitely get back on track, but what you said just now is kind of stuck into my head, and it reminded me of something I experienced just like back on Sunday mm-hmm. I was at a, a party with my girlfriend and it was like for with her friends but like people that I definitely like and enjoy and we're all roughly in the same age group some yeah. are a little bit younger yeah. and it was Sunday night mm-hmm. and I think the party kicked off maybe around like 7 mm-hmm. and it was one of those things that when it hit like around 10 it was kind of like this unspoken like air in the room of like alright we're all like done now I should be <laughs> <getting better. laughs> yeah. like we're all checked out now yeah. and like I remember from the walk from like the party back to the apartment, I did kind of have a moment thinking like, wait a minute, why are we like not partying right now? But it's like, I don't want to. It's like, I'm done. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, (laughs) I I didn't used to like go to parties and be like, okay, so how am I going to leave? Like before I even get there, it's like, yeah, yeah. Round 11, start yawning. Look at my, be like, yeah, I do have that thing tomorrow. Yeah, 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 I gotta get to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But now we don't have to. Now it's like we all kind of like. Everybody's on the same page. Yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> and now it's like, right, in college or something like that, like if you had bailed from a party at 10, people would been like, is he okay? Yeah. Is he sick? God, what is he a bitch? Yeah, like, what's, go- <laughs> what's going on? Like, is he going through something? Is he all right? Should call his parents. I think they were fighting. Yeah, they were fighting. <laughs> that's why they left. You know, another track that stood out to me a lot was uh, Queen of the Room. Yeah. And sure. that's a tune, I don't know what it is, but I just found myself gravitating towards that one a lot. Yeah. And I mean, it's in a good way, but it surprised me that you would make such a song. <laughs> like, it actually really did. Like, by the end of it, I was like, oh, that's Alan. Alan made this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you find yourself feeling that way, too? Because it does feel very different for you, that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, it's like after doing a whole record of sad stuff. So I wrote that song because my girlfriend said that all my songs were too sad. <laughs> and I was like, well, here's a sweet song about how much I love you. And she, <laughs> and then she like started crying the first time she heard it. And I was like, that's right. <laughs> She's probably hearing this now. That's kind of meta. She's probably listening to this now, this talk. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to say anything? We do that some of those other talks. We know a specific person is going to be listening. You can just express a message. Do you want to say anything to her right now? Uh, I was right, and that's <laughs> that's a good song, and you're welcome. Uh, no, but that's a yeah. It's just sort of um, an earnest song, but it's like it's just kind of about. Um, Corey was a dancer in college. Um, it's about like seeing someone doing their thing, and that's when they like uh, you really like see them for the first time or whatever. It's like, oh, you were shy in class, but like I went to go see her perform, and like she's got her like leg next to her head, and she's like spotlit, and I was like, oh, okay, this is different. Like this is this is like you and your element, or like being with your friends, and like you just see somebody as them, you know, be themselves. And it's really weird. It's that's a really beautiful way to put that, and I, I imagine something that probably went along with that. It's just how trippy it is experiencing that, but when you're in the context of being with other people. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially, like, if you spent time alone and then they open up in, like, at a party or at a performance or something like that, and you're like, whoa, you know, there's this whole other layer. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, 
uh, those were basically the two verses are basically like the first time I went to a party with her and the first time I saw her dance. Um, and yeah, they were both just times when she had seemed really shy in class and then she just like totally came out of her shell and I was like, whoa, like, you know, I was impressed before, but now, now I really get it. That's amazing. And you knew I would have to ask about the title track and I fucking love that song so much, especially just like, I love songs that have great bass lines on the bass line. That song is sick. What's the story behind this one? Uh, in the waves is kind of like the thesis like it, you know it's just a metaphor for being in it like I'm going through this stuff but like uh, I'm doubting myself I can feel waves of anxiety whatever but like I'm also aware of it and like I will weather it um, so it's supposed to be just kind of anthemic like that I actually wrote the uh, I wrote it wrote the, the lick at home on my mom's piano but I don't really play piano yeah. so if you listen to like the voice note the recording is pretty bad. Like, <laughs> like if you were someone else and I was like, cool, pick out the rhythm that I'm playing from these notes, you'd be like, uh, I don't think I hear anything. <laughs> like, I don't think you played it twice, two times in a row, so I'm not really sure what the pattern is. Um, but I didn't have a guitar at home with me. Um, so I recorded myself and then came back and then immediately played it on the bass. And I was like, oh yeah, this is like way better. Um, yeah, and then again, just add fuzz and louder guitars and it was a good time. Uh, I'm curious, how long did it take to record the album? 10 days really? like, it was super quick we did three days of basic track and canceled the fourth day because of the bomb cyclone at the beginning of the year you remember that the oh, like, crazy snowstorm yeah yeah fuck when was that february March? uh january we recorded like uh, yeah it was like i think we recorded like the second That's january Jesus. second to the fourth or something like that and oh. we actually canceled the day because we moved so fast um fuck. maybe two or three days of overdubs and uh two days of vocals yeah, I would love to hear you talk about the musicians who played on the album as well. Uh, Mike Hamp played drums. Um, he's one he's, of the best drummers in the world. He is. He's my one and only. <laughs> um, we play in three, if not four, projects together at time. Um, but yeah, he's just a monster. And it's so... Drum parts are definitely where like I struggle most to write. You know, everything else I can like kind of hear, but I always end up writing these like super vanilla, like, or just repetitive drum parts. And I'm like, okay, cool. Here's the feel what do you hear? And then we like go back and forth. And he also like, Mike is such a music nerd that whatever the reference is, he always knows the song. It's like, okay, kind of like Radiohead covers the roots, but uh, also (laughs) that one time that the Smashing Pumpkins played that one show, you remember, right? And he's like, yeah, I got you. And then it's like, okay, cool, good. Yes, that's exactly what I was talking about. That is so fucking dope. Um, And then uh, this guy, Josh Miller, who's um, uh, from Philly and I met at a So Far show, he played bass. He did some of the demos with us, and he's just a really good dude. So he doesn't really play bass, but I was like, you do. Like, you, he's a good guitar player. I was like, you play bass. And he was like, I play bass. I was like, you play bass. <laughs> Here's a bass. Uh, and then we just rehearsed, and he, he's he got great feel, and he's a good player, so it was easy enough. Um, but he plays with another band called Former Bell sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, who am I missing? Will Tendy, who plays guitar for me now, played keys uh, and did that one day. Um, and then the guy who played a lot of the lead guitar stuff, anything that I didn't play was um, Sam Cohen, who uh, he's on 30th Century Music, uh, works with Danger Mouse a lot, produces, uh, works with Kevin Morby a fair amount. But okay. he's uh, Sam looks like 18, but he's 38, and he's just <laughs> a monster guitar player, super quiet dude. Um, and he was a recommendation of Tom's. Um, uh. Yeah, and I heard his playing, and like we talked on the phone, it was cool. <laughs> and then the day I went to go pick him up. Uh, he was super quiet in the car. Uh, so we're driving out there and I was like, oh. like we were recording in New Jersey and I was like, 
he seems like a nice dude, but I was like, this is going to be so awkward. <laughs> I'm going to give him a note and he's not going to agree. Then we're not going to talk about it. This is going to take too long. I was just like, uh, this is, I'm just worried. Cause like, you know, whenever, uh, especially since a lot of what we were doing was like, he'd play something and I'd be like, yeah, kind of sort of keep this, leave that, change this. Mm-hmm. Um, when he wasn't talking much in the car, I was like, okay, all right. Uh, so I ended I up. Then we got in the studio and it was fine. It was like, we immediately all hit it off. Uh, he and John were great and he's just such a killer player. That's fucking um, amazing. Yeah. He's got these really cool, like, uh, guitars that he modded himself. It's, just, it, it's really awesome. That's yeah. dope. So going back to what I was saying before about how there's a bunch of stuff I've always wanted to ask you ever since you released the first album, I never had a chance to. This is yeah, one of those. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting to me that even though in San Fermin, there's times where you're front, you're at the front, but you're not, not, like, not throughout the whole the entirety of a show. Sure. And with your solo project, naturally you're performing in a different way. You're mm-hmm. at the front most of the time. Mm-hmm. What's it been like doing that? And particularly not just that, but what's it also been like doing that and also having your name on a ticket? Uh, the name of the ticket thing feels good because it's just nice to like, <laughs> uh, I don't know, like that's just a nice thing, especially when you're proud of the work. It's cool to like, like, oh yeah, this is, this is mine. This is what I, this is what I sound like, especially since Santra means, you know, um, not everyone always knows it's not my project, it's Elle's project or like, um, it's funny how that still happens. Yeah. I think, you know, <laughs> we're just kind of a mystery in a lot of ways. People are like, what does man sound like? And I still am like. Uh, you know, there's stuff. There's, a lot. there's there's eight of us. It's loud. Come on. There's lights. It'll be fun. Um, just come to the show. Um, but yeah, so having your name on there is nice. But yeah, it's funny on stage because usually, like, a lot of times every other song, you know, uh, during the San Fermin shows, I get to go dick around at the back of the stage with my guitar and, like, kind of take a break for a minute. Yeah. Um, and with these, it's much more like, oh, shh. Uh, this is your amazing dog kind yeah. of making some noise. Hush, you're fine. We love dogs on the show. It's all fine. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it's funny to like have to banter and be like, oh, I can't just tune. I have to like talk to people too. It's why I started playing two guitars instead of tuning from E flat because I played Babies one time on the last record. Yeah. Um, and I tuned the entire guitar, all six strings from E flat back up to E. And I, <laughs> I had to like banter and I was like, Oh, this is the longest two minutes of my life. <laughs> like this is this is unbearable. This is never gonna. Oh my I, god! I was like, and from that point on, I played two guitars no matter what. I was like, <laughs> I don't care if that makes me look like a jerk. Like what? I was gonna say, was it like previously to that? Would you see people with like multiple guitars? Is about what the fuck? Yeah, like ah, oh, come on, play. <laughs> what are you saying, Vincent? Like come on, get, like, like move it along. <laughs> but I remember yeah. during their second album, Tudor Cinema Club. I was with them for a couple of dates, and uh, Alex, the singer. He got so obsessed with buying guitars from the money that they got off the first album. Understandably so. Yeah. But I remember... I've not had that experience yet. <laughs> yeah, right? But I bring this up because I remember on the second album tour, he literally he got to a point where he had a guitar for each song. There was, there was maybe like... I want to say there was like two or three songs in a row he'd play the same guitar, but instances of like two, in two instances in the set, yeah. and he just rotate out of like eight, twelve, no, to eight to ten different guitars. I mean, if I had the money, I, I certainly am enough of a, a gear nerd <laughs> to do that. Yeah, if, I mean, if someone wants to buy me the guitars and also like, would uh, that blow your mind? Won't you? Like, say you were in a, at a show and you saw that from just like a crowd perspective, you saw that having on stage. Would you just be like, holy shit? I get why if you could do it, you would. <laughs> like, I've definitely had conversations where I talked about the subtlety of tone enough to be like, yeah, no, you would never play that on that. No, you need lipstick pickups for that song. Clearly, it's a lipstick. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, but 
practically it's like no i like i can't i can't you know I don't it's have, so absurdly my new yeah like i don't have roadies i can't ask people to carry my eight guitars like that's that's already nuts you know you kind of touched upon this now but i kind of want to go a little bit deeper into it because you were talking just now about like how uh you have to learn to approach performing in a different way and i wonder mm-hmm. whether diff- are there more ways you have to learn to perform differently and also in the context of this new album with the shows you've been performing for it uh yeah i mean generally playing by myself or with uh, a guitar in my hand the whole time or where i have to sing every song that's been different than kind of like the obvious ways of just no break um but it's good you know it's it was a thing that i hadn't thought about then like you become acutely aware of <laughs> it was like oh right there, no one's going to talk if i if i walk away from the microphone like we'll just that either has to be fine or you have to figure out how to do what you're doing and talk um and then in terms of the band, the <coughs> last time when we made the first record uh, with Sleepwalker, I wasn't thinking about how things would go live at all. So then we kind of got together in rehearsal and like had to figure it out. Um, and so there were things like, oh shit, I guess we need like three keyboards or, oh shit, like this has baritone guitar and normal guitar. Well, who's going to play bass? Okay, well, we can put this on that. And um, so it kind of had to be figured out retroactively. Um, but this one was, it's been a little more intuitive just because since we recorded as a three-piece, um, we pretty much already played the songs together. So it was kind of like adding <coughs> Will in um, to like play the lead stuff was easy enough. So like it was really just learning the songs. And now we've played four shows already. Play our fifth um, next week. Yeah, I think next Wednesday at Rockwood, right? Uh, Tuesday, the 10th. Yeah, that was close. Uh, <laughs> no, no, good, good that we remembered between us. <laughs> but even having only played four shows together, we already feel not tight like we've been on tour, but it's like, oh, it's all here. You know, we just have to play it well. Um, yeah. It's the same kind of thing I was saying about the songs. You know, it's like there's no, there are no magic tricks. Like there's no uh, anything else that's just kind of uh, what, you, what you see is what you get. Um, so if we do it well, it's good. Yeah. Um, and of course, if we don't, <laughs> you know, that's the risk. But yeah. Yeah. You know, before I let you go here, there's something I've been finding myself asking uh, different musicians when I get the chance to talk to them, especially when they have a new record that's about to come out, and it's grown to be becoming like one of my favorite things to ask. And sure. it's just the fact that like a record is such a document of a place and time. Yeah. And I feel like for you as a creator, it must be so trippy making an album and realizing that you have like an accumulative amount of songs that correlate to yourself. Yeah. And I wonder like, what do you think this album says about you that you weren't aware of prior to it being made? <sighs> uh, Heavy questions, yeah. No, it's a great question. Um, I think that the awareness of like the stuff you're going through, uh, whether you're, you're being your own cheerleader or you're your own uh, doubter. Um, that was a thing that like, on one level I was aware of, but as I forced myself to write about it, I became even more aware of. Um, and I feel like I'm in a better place with a lot of that stuff now. There, every now and then like, uh, you know, we'll be on stage playing, when did I like, when did I get like this? And I'm nervous and I'm like, wow, this is really meta. <laughs> 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 this is, I'm singing about what I'm worried about as I worry about it as I'm on stage in front of people. This is just like, there's so many levels here. <laughs> Um, but I think overall, you know, it's just, um, no matter what you're going through, like staying in it and staying in that moment, whether it's, yeah, doubt or, uh, belief in yourself or, well, you know, um, 
yeah, whatever it may be, just sort of like uh, being, whatever the waves may be, being in the, you know, like just kind of, yeah, staying in the moment and that kind of thing. So that's, it's been good to uh, write about it, and I think I've become better at doing it over the course of that. And uh, I'm sure the songs will only be <laughs> funnier as I play them in time and freak out more on stage or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah. How, how uh, you know, I was about to say that was the last question, but I actually have one more that came into my head as you were talking just now. But when it comes to these live shows and the ones you'll be playing further, uh, what percentage of the set list do you think will be the new record? Like, because I imagine you could play all of it. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as of right now, we're only playing the new record. Um, and that's a little bit for practice, but um, yeah, I haven't gotten around to teaching the band the other songs. Uh, we played a Rough Trade opening for, uh, you know the band Balin? Yeah. Um, so we opened up for them at Rough Trade, um, and this woman came who was... Uh, the other thing, too, is like because I was so tentative about the last record and didn't play that many shows, sometimes I'll forget that anyone could have heard it. I'm like... <laughs> Oh, you know that song, right? I, oh, I released it on the internet. Yeah, I, I put it out. I promoted it for a year. Yeah, like oh, right. Uh, and so there was a woman uh, who was standing right near my girlfriend, uh, holding up on her phone. She'd written out the letters YDNF for one of the songs um, from the last record, and I didn't see it. I like looked at my girlfriend. She's like, "You looked right at me," and I was like, "I looked at my girlfriend," and that's for the record. I looked right at my girlfriend and nowhere else. Um, but uh, she asked for it, so I was like, oh yeah, I guess like actually we probably should mix in these other songs. So I, I think it'll come, um, you know, as we get to get playing more. But um, for right now, yeah, I've just been hammering away at the the ten wow. on the record. That has to be f- trippy for you, knowing that like like just, just like you said, like she was aware of the song and all. Yeah, it's just you know this one like I really I'm so focused on getting it out, but the last one I just kind of did it and then was like, okay, I did it. What happens now? You know, and then just kind of put it out in the world and. Yeah, when people come up to me and they're like, oh, I really like dug their record or I found it through such and such or, uh, you know, I saw it on NPR or I saw it on whatever. I'm like, right, I did that. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, yeah. it's funny about you talking this way. It's actually really meta for me because I actually, because we talk all the time and I remember uh, like shortly after you released the record and you were their first record in the midst of playing shows. Even with conversations we had, I would bring it up, and you would have this kind of air, like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing this thing." Yeah, <laughs> you know, it just like I, I went into it unsure, and I think that I uh, maybe surprised myself a little bit that I did it, and then you know this one because it was once I knew I could do it, I was like, "Okay, right now, like, what do I really want to do if I pay attention to all the parts and I really lean in and." Um, make exactly what I want to make and uh, go show it to as many people as I can and that kind of thing. So uh, I'd say awareness is higher (laughs) this time around, for sure. A good thing. When do you think people will be able to hear it? Uh, I think the first track will be out uh, like first or second week of August. uh, And then I think it'll be like a a single a month or every month or so uh, after that for a while. Um, I think with the last record, I put it out in October. um, And then there was a particularly atrocious event that occurred in November. Um, oh, and, yeah, right. Yeah, right, that. Uh, <laughs> that elephant in the room. Yeah, and so it was, uh, it, it, for good reason, uh, took everybody's focus. And so as I was looking at this one, I was like, well, I could try and push this record out in the fall, but actually there's a big election in November. I was like, I'm going to let people focus on that. Like, fool me once, <laughs> sure. Fool me twice, nah. Uh, so I think I'll probably put out singles until the holidays and then probably release the record like at the top of the new year. Okay, cool. Um, 
Yeah, but I, I think there'll be you know four or five songs out before that. All right, cool. And that's a tentative plan for people listening. Don't don't behold this man to what he just. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you want the SoundCloud link, just send me an email. I got you. <laughs> Alan, it's always good to catch up with you, man. Thanks, yeah, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Like it's all I need.